0: Welcome to Life Springs with Pastor Craig Swanby. Each week we bring you a message of hope, love, and encouragement inspired by the Word of God. At Life Springs, it's our goal to win people for Christ, train them in God's Word, and send them into the world to share the gospel. We hope today's message inspires you and encourages you. Yeah, we want to pray for our veterans right now. Um It is tragic that um, suicide is very, very common among veterans. I mean, this PTSD is a real thing, and it stays with them throughout their life unless they get it treated. And so many of them feel like it's, um, you know, it's a show of weakness if they get it treated. (laughs) So uh, let's, um, let's pray right now. Father, thank you so much for those here in this body and, and those here in this city, in this region, who have sacrificed their life to serve their country. Lord, we are grateful, and Father, remind us when we see veterans, to thank them for their service. And then also, more than that, to share the light of Jesus with them. Lord, there are many, all the way back to the, the Vietnam War, who are still suffering to this day from the wounds and the scars, uh, both physically and emotionally, that they received from their time in service. And so, Lord, I pray, give us opportunity to, um, uh, to be a light and a witness to the veteran community. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to change gears here a little bit. And uh, this morning, we're going to talk about worship. So... Um, We just finished singing corporately uh, songs that glorify God. And um, we call that in the church world, worship. But is it really? Is that what worship is? So the question that I have is, when we're singing to the Lord, are we... Singing with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength to Him. Are we completely surrendered to Him as we're singing these songs to the Lord? Are we really focused in on who He is? Uh, Are we approaching the throne room of God with humility? Is there humility in our heart when we sing? Or when we come together, are we distracted by other thoughts? Were we really worshiping the Savior um, I don't share this as an indictment to anybody. Uh, I know many times when I'm not leading the worship uh, or up, you know, playing guitar or whatever, that uh, I've visited many churches over the course of my Christian walk, and I have been so guilty so many times of going in and judging the worship, judging the worship leader, you know, looking around, seeing, you know, if everything met to my approval, and I was doing everything but, worshiping the Lord. And, uh, you know, I might go home and go, oh, (laughs) I guess I should have worshiped while I was there instead of, in fact, the Lord finally convicted me of that. You know what? I didn't put you there to judge these people, you know, and who am I to sit in judgment of how other people worship anyways, or how they run their service or what the worship leader does. Uh, It's not my position. And so, you know, we call the singing part of the service worship, but that's just a small part of what worship is. So the word worship occurs 112 times in 105 verses in the New King James Version, starting at Genesis 22 verse 5, it says, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So this is when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac and um, he's telling the men that came with them, stay here, we're going to go worship. Imagine what Abraham was going through knowing that this act of worship at that point he's thinking meant to sacrifice his son. Now, Abraham was a great man of faith because we don't learn this in Genesis, but we learn in Hebrews that Abraham knew that if God was asking him to sacrifice his son, it's because God was going to raise his son from the dead. Amazing faith, but still, even if you had great faith, who could do that? Who could go through the motion of actually sacrificing their son? Well, apparently Abraham could because he had every intention. He tied his son up. He laid it on the altar and he rose that knife to slay his son. And it was only then that God said, you don't have to do that. And I I love the way the Hebrew puts it. It says, God will provide himself a ram or a lamb. And what happened at that very exact spot thousands of years later? God provided himself, Jesus Christ, as the sacrificial lamb. Isn't that amazing? So that word worship in Genesis, it means to bow down. Same thing in Exodus 34, 14. God said, you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Again, that word in the Hebrew is saha. It means to bow down. In Psalm 29, 2, Give unto the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Again, to bow down, to humble yourself, to honor Him. Uh, There are church services where people come to the altar and they bow down. They sometimes are laying flat on their face before the Lord. WORSHIPING THE LORD, AND THAT'S TOTALLY APPROPRIATE. That's totally appropriate. That's part of what worship is. And I wonder, just asking a rhetorical question, do you ever, when you worship the Lord, do you bow down in the privacy of your own home and your own devotions? Do you ever just lay flat on your face before the Lord? Do you ever get on your knees? I know the older I get, the harder it is to get on my knees. And if I get down, I don't know that I'm gonna get back up unless I crawl to some furniture to help me, you know, but uh, we at least need to have that posture in our heart, right? That it's a bowing to the Lord. It's an honoring and a reverencing of the Lord. It's the giving of our whole life to the Lord. In the New Testament, John 4.23, Jesus said, But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. That Greek word is proskuneo. It means to kiss the hand like a dog licks his master's hand. That, wow, what a, what a visual that is. And those of us who are dog owners and dog lovers, isn't that awesome when your dog comes up? I mean, wouldn't it be awesome if everybody greeted you and you came home like your dog does, you know? Never once has Deborah wagged her tail when I came home. But Buster, way, like I can be gone 10 minutes, I come home and he is wagging his tail, jumping on the furniture like he hasn't seen me in five years. And it just, and then of course he has to come up and he wants to lick my face and lick my bald head and all that kind of stuff. And that's really, it's his act of worship. I'm his master, I'm his Lord. And in doggy land, I'm probably his God and he's worshiping. And, and you know, that's such a word picture for, you know, us as, as far as being in an attitude, a posture of serving the Lord and worshiping and giving everything. And again, it's part of that recognizing who He is and who we are in relation to Him. So what is worship? It is the total and complete surrender of our whole being to the service of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Total and complete surrender. It's not so much about what we sing as how we sing it. Not so much about what we do, but how we do it, the attitude in which we do live our life. Are we coming to church with an attitude about something? Well, we need to lay it on the altar before we come to Him and worship, don't we? We need to lay those things down. And you know, I I hope that you're like me and that I use my drive time from home to church as a way to prepare my heart to come to church, to prepare my heart to be in church and to interact not only with the Lord, but with the Lord's people. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about this uh, when um, when we were talking about the gifts of the Spirit, that we should be preparing our heart and asking the Lord as we're coming to church, Lord, um, how do you want to use me today? First of all, Lord, I want to make sure my heart is right before you. I want to come to this service not with an attitude, (laughs) but with an attitude of worship. I want to come with a right attitude. I want to come with an attitude of servitude. I want to come and and serve you. So, Lord, use me in whatever gifts you give me to serve the body of Christ. You know, that's why we come together. Otherwise, we, we could just stay home. If we have no calling to serve each other, then we could just stay home but we do have a calling to serve one another. Our This Christian faith is a one another faith. It isn't an individual do my own thing faith. It's a coming together faith. And that's why we come together so often. So uh, how are we supposed to worship? Well, Jesus said our inner man uh, being completely humbled and bent in honor and adoration of our King. That's to Worship Him in spirit. Let me say that again. To worship in spirit is our inner man being completely humbled and bent in honor and adoration to our King. So being in a position of humbleness, humility before the Lord. That's in, not just when we come together in church service, but as we live our life. Do you know that you and I are called to be servants? You and I are bond slaves of Jesus Christ. And I love the quote that I read a while back that everybody, you know, in the Christian world, we all love being called servants or slaves until we start being treated like one. Yeah, when people start to treat you like you are their servant, then we kind of get our back up, don't we? But what if God is treating you like a servant? What if He is saying to you, son and daughter, go here and do this, go there and do that? You know, are we going to say... You know, if we were a bond slave and our master said that, would we go, I'm not, I'm not going to do that? Nope. Well, if you were a true bond slave back in the days of Jesus, that, that would cost you your life. You did not disobey your master. And of course, God is the one true and great and holy master. And is there anything He's going to call you to do or ask you to do that's going to harm you? Isn't he going to ask you to do things that are for your good? Now, you gotta think in terms of what does harm mean. He may ask us to lay down our life for someone else, but is that going to harm you? It's gonna harm your body maybe. You know, if I have to, if I'm on a ride along and a shootout happens and I have to jump in the way of one of the officers I'm riding with to take a bullet, yeah, that bullet's going to harm me, but I've just laid down my life for a friend and it didn't touch the real me. It may slay my body, but it didn't harm me. The real me has just been promoted to heaven or I've gotten a, a wound or whatever because I was willing to do what the Lord's asked me to do. And so um, it's just being in that attitude and that spirit of willingness. That's worship, being willing to do whatever it is that God is asking you to do. We're supposed to worship in truth. If you are harboring sin, anger, bitterness, lust, or any other offense to God that you have not yet repented of, you are coming to Him under false pretenses. Like, well, God won't see this, or I'll just pretend I'm okay. Well, <laughs> you can't pretend with God, can you? God sees all and knows all, even the very depths of our heart. And so when we come before God, we've got to worship Him, not only in spirit, but in truth. And it's okay to go to the Lord and say, God, I'm struggling today. Lord, I just, I just have an attitude today. I don't even know why. I just have an attitude. Or I'm just, I'm angry I'm angry at stuff. I'm angry at the political outcome. I'm angry at God. You know that that's one of the reasons why I so encourage people to read Psalms every day. Because Psalms teaches us how to pray and it teaches us how to worship. It teaches us how to be real before God. You know why? Because David was real. He cried out to God, He poured out his complaint, his bitterness, his, ang- he poured out his anger to God. He wasn't afraid to be real before God because he knew God knew everything about him. And so uh, that's how we're supposed to be. That's how we approach God in spirit and in truth. Lord, uh, fix my attitude today. Fix my heart today. Fix my mind today. I've just my mind isn't stayed on you today. My mind is troubled. Lord, I just give that to you right now. That is being honest. That's being truthful before the Lord. And that's an act of worship to the Lord. So what, is, what worship isn't is this. It's a show to let others know how spiritual we are. Now, there are some people that use worship in that way man, I just got to show people, you know, oh, I'm going to raise my hand and sway. And I'm going to dance. Now, listen, if, that's God, if God's really moving you that way, you know, that's cool. But if you got to be up front and twirly, you know, and you got to, and it's it, again, it's just an attitude of the heart. It's not against raising your hand. It's not against dancing before the, before the Lord. But it is the attitude of the heart is I want to be seen for how spiritual I am. Well, that's a wrong attitude. It's not a show. Uh, it's not a show for us who are worship leaders. Man, I just want people to see how great a singer I am. Or man, I can't wait to play that guitar lick. And you know, I mean, there, there, are, there are churches that have professional worship teams. There are churches that hire professional musicians who aren't even saved to come because they want worship to be really, really good. Well, the show might have been good and the musicianship might have been fantastic, but was it worship? How can someone who doesn't know the Lord worship the Lord? Worship leaders are leading people into the presence of the Lord. You use, this is my opinion. uh, I'm never going to hire professional musicians to be a worship leader of any church that I pastor. We use who we have because it isn't about how great the music sounds. It's about honestly coming to the Lord. And us and really, you know, Ann and I, and when Deborah's up here, we can't make you worship, can we? All we can do is worship before you and invite you to join us. We come here to worship. And even in our rehearsals, we use our rehearsals not just to make everything sound good, but we're worshiping. We're preparing our own hearts and our minds to be ready for Sunday so that You know, the reason we want to be good musicians and good singers is because we want to offer our best to the Lord. We don't want to be a distraction because, you know, you've probably been in services where the singers are off key. The musicians aren't so good. And it's more of a distraction than it is. It's hard to enter into worship when you're really hoping the singers, you know going to remember the words or going to, you know, sing on key. It just distracts you from worship. So, you know, we use the gifts we have and we use what we have in whatever body we're in, but we try to offer our best. And not just us as worship leaders, but every one of us should be doing that, right? When we're singing to the Lord, we should offer our best to the Lord. But I net, you know, some people say, oh, well, I'm not a very good singer, you know, and I- I remember when I was a young worship leader in the church that we'd planted in Edmonds, Washington, there was a gal and I loved her. She was just a sweetheart, but she had to sit in the front row and she sang really, really loud. And she sang really, really off key. I mean, it was hard to hear ourselves. It was hard to sing on key when she sang. But I loved her because she was singing with all her heart, you know, and she was offering her best to the Lord. And so that's what we should be doing. Regardless, you know, God isn't looking for professional singers. He's looking for hearts of worship. Amen? So worship is, uh, it's an activity, it's a lifestyle. Um, We don't come to worship. We are worshipers coming together to continue the service of worship corporately. So really, it's just a change of mind and heart that we are worshipers. We are worshipers. That's who we are throughout our whole life. We are worshipers of the Lord, and we come together corporately to worship Him on Sundays and, you know, Wednesdays or whenever we come together. So, you know, I've run into people in the course of my life who say, well, I worship the Lord my own way. And I've always found that interesting, you know. It's usually an excuse of, well, I don't raise my hands. Well, I don't stand up when I, I don't, they give me a whole list of what they don't do because they worship God their own way. Okay, but did you know that God outlined in His Word how He wants to be worshiped? And shouldn't we be worshiping the Lord God's way, not our own way? So let me just give you some of the things that he talks about. He uh, wants to be worshiped through the act of speaking. Sharing this message is an act of worship to the Lord. If you're receiving the message, it's an act of worship to the Lord. Psalm 34 once says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You're praising and you're worshiping the Lord when you're shining your light, when you're sharing your faith with other people. That's an act of worship to the Lord. Shouting. I don't hear a lot of shouting going on here, but there are churches where there's a lot of shouting going on. And God, he doesn't want to be shouted at, <laughs> but... HE LIKES IT WHEN WE SHOUT TO THE LORD at APPROPRIATE TIMES. PSALM 27, AND NOW MY HEAD SHALL BE LIFTED UP ABOVE MY ENEMIES ALL AROUND ME. THEREFORE I WILL OFFER THE SACRIFICE OF JOY IN HIS TABERNACLE. I WILL SING, YES, I WILL SING PRAISE TO THE LORD. Somewhere in there, it's supposed to be talking about shouting. I don't see it here, but there's lots of Psalms that talk about shouting our praise to the Lord. And it's okay to go, Amen, when you get moved by the Lord. It's okay to praise the Lord. It's okay to shout it out, even in a corporate service. Verse three, singing, Psalm 47, 6 says, Sing praise to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. So, of course, singing is a part of worship. Too many people think singing is the act of worship. It is an act of worship. It's not the only act of worship. Bowing. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. Listen, we're a church that is very open about how people worship. So if you want to stand and raise your hands, of course. Stand and raise your hands as the Lord moves you. If you want to come to the altar and kneel at the altar... Come and kneel at the altar. Get whatever you need to get off your heart. Lay it on the altar. Do that. Uh, this is a church that invites that kind of worship to the Lord. We are supposed to bow down as we're worshiping. Of course, standing. You know, I always invite people at the beginning of our singing service to stand and worship the Lord. And um, Psalm 122 two says, Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem, standing is a part of worship. Now, there are some who have physical ailments. It's hard for them to stand or to stand at length and they sit down halfway through. You do as the Lord commands you. Listen, there is no judgment here whether you stand, whether you sit, uh, you know, whether you bow down. I mean, if you have to sit because your back is killing you and you got to sit, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just inviting you to enter in and worship the Lord um, however, however God is moving you to worship him. Did you know that dancing is a part of worshiping the Lord? You know, even in the church of God, there was a time when there was no dancing. Of course you could dance during their services, but you know, no dancing outside of the service. And uh, Psalm 149.3 says, let them praise his name with the dance. Let him sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. And so, you know, uh, One of the things I love about Messianic Jewish services is they do these circle dance things. And if you go to like, especially in the bigger churches where they have room to do it, you know, they'll gather in a circle and they'll do these circle dances and they're awesome. And it's just an offering of praise and worship to the Lord. There are some church services, we could never do it here in this size building, but they have flags, man, they'll take flags and go up and down and they're waving flags and that's kind of cool. It's kind of a neat offering of worship to the Lord. And so, uh, you know, that kind of movement, body movement, if you want to stand and you want to dance before the Lord in your service or in your area, you know, um, if you feel like you really just want to dance and move about, that's one of the things I love about Dan. Dan. He's dancing back here. He's marching up and down, shaking his shaker, just dancing before the Lord, you know. But he does it back there, and I appreciate that. He's not saying, hey, look at me. He's not coming down front. Look at me shaking my shaker and dancing before the Lord. This isn't about us looking at Dan. This is about Dan worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. Of course, playing instruments is a part of worship. Psalm 33, 2 says, praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to Him with an instrument of ten strings. And did you know that every one of you, unless of course you've lost a hand or an arm or some fingers, you have an instrument of ten strings? That's how we worship the Lord you know that's how we worship the lord by lifting our hands by clapping our hands there's there's movement in worship there's movement of our bodies there's the using of our bodies and of course the next one is clapping psalm 47:1 oh clap your hands all you peoples shout to god with a voice of triumph it is good to clap it's and it's fun to be in a service where people are engaged and entering in when we're singing and clapping and moving their body and dancing and and really entering in there's something that is spiritual released in a service where there is movement, where people are, are totally engaged in the act of worship. And of course, lifting hands. Psalm 63, 4, thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the, 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 the comedians that talk about the different kinds of lifting of hands. What's his name that does that? What? Anyway, I mean, its I don't have it memorized, but you know, there's this, the lifting of the TV, you know, and there's the, there's, you know, whatever this one is, they're swaying back and forth, you know, people do all kinds of things when they raise their hands. And you know what? That's an act of worship. Nobody's going to judge you if you do this, you know, um, it's funny because I, over the years I've seen people raise their hands and their hands are just shaking, you know, and like, you know, the Spirit's really, and maybe the Spirit is really moving on them and He's doing that. I've noticed that um, this hand in mine shakes, but it's, it's not the Spirit of the Lord. It's a tremor that I seem to have gotten. And so, but I, I often, sometimes I lift my hand, I feel a little self-conscious. I'm like, do people think like, you know, the Holy Spirit is being poured out on me in some magical way now and I'm shaking? And maybe it is, but as far as I know, it's just a tremor that I have. So, but lifting hands is definitely a part of worshiping the Lord. And you know what? Another part of worshiping the Lord in a church service, and, you know, I know that there, and some people have been raised in different church traditions, and this isn't, you know, appropriate in some church traditions, but it is in ours. And you know what I love? I love a hearty amen when I say something that moves you, or preach it, brother, or yeah, you know. I love. If you ever watch Jack Hibb's service, now he's got a humongous church, and typically in churches like that, the congregation is pretty quiet. His church is not quiet. I love watching him because, man, he says something they like they're clapping, they're cheering. <laughs> amen. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff is going on all the time. It's like, i tell you what, that when you're standing before a group of people and you're speaking, that's really motivating because then you know, oh, they're actually listening. That's nice, you know. <laughs> so, um, amen. thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> so don't be the person who says, I worship the Lord my own way. He has let us know in His words how He wants to be worshipped. We should be approaching the Word of God saying, Lord, show me how to worship You the way You want me to worship You. And then uh, be aware of what He says. Be aware that your life in Christ, your life in Christ is an act of worship. It's not something that you come to do once a week. It is who you are 24-7. So just coming and singing before the Lord is just an extension of who you are. All week long. Your greatest act of worship, of course, is to love others as Christ has loved you. I want to read this uh, piece from a a thing called the essence. It's a book called The Essence of Worship by Ronald Allen. And it's called Rediscovering the Missing Jewel. And he says, what then is the essence of worship? It is the celebration of God. When we worship God, we celebrate him. We extol Him. We sound His praises. We boast in Him. Worship is not the casual chatter that occasionally drowns out the opening music of a service. We celebrate God when we allow the music to attune our hearts to the glory of God. Worship is not the mumbling of prayers or the mouthing of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with little thought and less heart. We celebrate God when we join together earnestly in prayer and intensely in song. Worship is not self-aggrandizing words or boring cliches when one is asked to give a testimony. We celebrate God when all of the parts of the service fit together and work to a common end. Worship is not grudging gifts or compulsory service. We celebrate God when we give to Him hilariously and serve Him with integrity. Worship is not haphazard music done poorly, not even great music done merely as performance. We celebrate God when we enjoy and participate in music to His glory. Worship is not a distracted endurance of the sermon WE CELEBRATE GOD AS WE HEAR HIS WORD GLADLY AND SEEK TO BE CONFORMED BY IT MORE AND MORE TO THE IMAGE OF OUR SAVIOR. WORSHIP IS NOT THE HURRIED MOTIONS OF A TACKED ON LORD'S TABLE. WE CELEBRATE GOD PREEMINENTLY WHEN WE FELLOWSHIP GRATEFULLY AT THE CEREMONIAL MEAL THAT SPEAKS SO CENTRALLY OF OUR FAITH IN CHRIST WHO DIED FOR US, WHO ROSE AGAIN ON OUR BEHALF, AND WHO IS TO RETURN FOR OUR GOOD. As a thoughtful gift is a celebration of a birthday, as a special evening out is a celebration of an anniversary, as a warm eulogy is a celebration of a life, so is our worship a celebration of God. Let's close in prayer. Father God, thank you so much that you've created us with this vacuum, this hole in our lives that needs to be filled and can only be completely filled by you. And Lord, thank you that when you have come and filled that place in our life, that we are compelled by our love for you to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, remind us daily that our lives are a very act of worship. Our lives are uh, the essence of prayer. Everything we do is observed by you. And Lord, I pray that our life would be a sacrifice of praise to you. And Lord, I pray that you would attune our hearts to be people who worship humbly before you, people who worship joyfully and gratefully before you, Lord, when we sing our worship and praise, that we would do so with reckless abandon, focusing only on who you are and how you work in and through us. And Father, remind us that worship isn't just music, but worship is living. We live our life to worship you, to honor you, and all that we do, we honor you. And Lord, we thank you for this beautiful Sunday. We worship corporately this day because it's the day that you rose from the dead and we honor you on this day. We thank you that we have this day set apart every week where we can gather in your name and we can be a blessing not only to you but be a blessing to one another. And so Father, as we end this service, I pray that uh, your people would linger and bless one another and and encourage one another. And Lord, I pray that um, You would go with us throughout this week and um, guide our steps in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Life Springs Ministry is made possible through the generosity of people like you. To learn more about today's message, visit us at lifespringsfellowship.com. You can also join us Sunday mornings, 1030 at 4213 West Garden Springs Road in Spokane, Washington. Also, you can find our daily devotions on Facebook. See you in church!